What's up, guys? How we doing today? We got a uh, very, very special guest. Uh, we have Rashad Cohen. Man, Rashad is, he's one of the most charismatic. He's so thoughtful and, man, he's just so passionate. And you guys are going to see it in this episode. But, you know, everything that this platform was built for is for people like Rashad Cohen. Guys, I'm so excited. He's uh, He went on a world race. He traveled around the world, 14 different countries. He started his own mentorship program in college. He was a track star in high school. He had a heart condition. He's been through the trials. He's found identity and he adds so much value in this episode, guys. And quickly before we start, if you're struggling with the healthy lifestyle, um, go check out the fasting or morning routine or pliability resources that I posted previously. They give you science and research and my personal experience on some of the habits that have really helped shape my life. But more importantly, let's get down to it. We got Rashad Cohen. Enjoy this one. All right, here we go. We got the second ever guest podcast. We got my man Rashad Cohen. Yes, How we sir. doing, dude? Hey, man. I always start off my videos, any speaking engagement by, by this right here. What's happening? What's up? What's up? It's yeah. an honor, bro. Oh, thank you, man. It's an honor. This is going to be really fun. Rashad is uh, one of the funniest guys I know, guys. So strap in. All right, Rashad, before we get into it, um, I just want to say thanks again for coming on, buddy. Uh, I really appreciate the comment that you shot to me Mm -hmm. when I posted out my first article, guys. I released my first fasting, and it was a big big stage for me because it was some vulnerability uh, shooting that out. And Rashad reached out was one of the couple messages that was just so inspiring. Yeah. And it just meant so much to me, buddy. So I really yeah. appreciate your words there. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. I, before we even begin, I just want to say, you know, thank you for everything, everything that you're doing, you know, for the community and people. And it's an honor to be here, you know, sitting, sitting amongst you. So continue doing what you're doing, man. All right, buddy, you too. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Let's go, man. Here we go. Uh, Let's just start with your. Uh, let's start with your top two books yep. of all time. Top two books of all time. I definitely will have to say "Love Does" by Bob Goff and okay. "A Man After God's Own Heart" by Jim George. And I just finished "A Man After God's Own Heart," and what that book is, no matter like your spirituality is, you know, Christian based, but I'm a firm okay. believer, firm believer that you know you can take away something from any religion, rather you know, like my like my father's Muslim. And what I learned from that is just like the reverence and the discipline. So I incorporate that in my Christian walk. And okay. so with a man, a man after God's own heart, it really just breaks down what it means to be a man after God, you know, God's heart. Whether that's like in your home, whether that's being right. a husband, a father, in your workplace, and being just truly disciplined in your walk with God. Mm-hmm. And what I took away from that man was like really just put my mind to this, put my soul to this. If I'm really going, you know, chase that for God. And it doesn't matter what religion there, just yeah, kind of whatever it, you're following. Yeah, just yeah, just whatever. Follow. I, like I said, it's, it's biblical principles. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you can take something away from it, no matter what. Okay. And what was the other one? And oof, that's my favorite, man. Love Does by Bob Goff. This is your number one. That's huh? that's my that's my number one, no okay. doubt. And I finished that book in like four days. Really? Yeah, four days. Love Does, and he just really just breaks down love as an action, and okay. he really just shared his story, his life story. And just saying, you know, one day I just wanted to get the, you know, like the neighborhood together and they started just to parade, like, you know, once a year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the the, the community comes together, they, they love on one another, and that grew mm-hmm. to over 500 people, you know what I'm saying, in his community. So yeah. it's just basic thing as far as taking time out to really 
talk to the you know the people that are around you and just love on them. You know, unconditional love is simple. And it's all just about building that yeah, community. Just, just building huh? that community, man. That's awesome. Simplicity and of it. Don't overlook it. Is it more of like a story type or? Yeah, it's book definitely grow? a story type. Okay. Because every every chapter he's telling a story. Okay. And you, you get like engaged. Like, okay, what's next? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, are there any people that you follow right now on social media or any platforms that you really recommend others? The only person that comes to mind, I would have to say, is Inky Johnson. And so for a long time, I was following like these motivational speakers. He's the Tennessee yeah, football Tennessee player. Cat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he uh, his right arm is paralyzed. But he said despite, you know, what took place on the field, that ended his quote unquote, you know, football career. He found right. his purpose in that. So yeah. now he's a motivational speaker. He's a family man, you know, man of God. Just goes in the community in Atlanta and just really just, just loves on the community. Okay, Inky Johnson. Man, yeah, he he go hard, man. Yeah, he sounds like yeah. uh, had a similar journey to us. Kind yeah, of playing exactly athletics right. and, yep. and then boom and finding you know? your purpose. Yep. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. Yeah. All right, Rashad. Well, let's get into your early life here, yes, sir. Um, early in your life, your biological dad. He uh, he was kind of in and out of your mm-hmm. life, as you mentioned, yeah. and knowing your dad, Chris, or your <laughs> stepdad, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said he played a huge role in your life. And, yeah. And growing up in Minnetonka, I know some of our listeners know Chris. Yeah. And just kind of talk about how important he really was to your journey. Man. So, you know, first off, I just want to say like my biological father, he was in and out of my life due to crack cocaine. Okay. And so at a, from an early age, I had, you could say hatred, you know, towards him. Right. I just wasn't cognitively, you know, mature or, or aware to know that it's the drug that's, that's causing him not to be in my life. Mm-hmm. So I thought he was always choosing drugs over me. And so I was I was blessed to have, you know, my dad, Chris, in my life. Like at the age of two, he came in my life. Okay. And he just played just a, a heavy like influence and role. He started off as friends, you know, with my mom. And every weekend, man, I would go to <laughs> every weekend I would go to his uh house. You know, he was a, a football coach from Minnetonka. So go to the varsity football games. I was the the ball boy then Saturday. That day was for a Gophers game because he played, you know, for the Gophers safety. So we'd go there, tailgate, and then Sunday it was the Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. Oh, and man. And so that was just like a man's weekend for me. And so, you know, what that taught me was, like, like you know, like I said, as far as love, like he just invited me into his life and I was able to see what it means to be, you know, a man. That's really so special. So, you know, it was a blessing, especially, you know, to take take time out and take me off the hands of my mom because, you know, at, the, at, at a young age, she had my my sister when she was 16 years or you know 16 years old mm-hmm. so she was a teen mom and she worked very hard and then he still came in and you know took us underneath his arm so yeah. what was it hard for you to accept him or no nah, no nah, definitely i think for my sisters it was and then obviously people don't know but he's white mm-hmm. and if y'all know i'm black <laughs> so <laughs> you know like there there was that race barrier but love you know doesn't discriminate Mm-hmm. Love does not discriminate, and he really just just taught me what it means to, like I said, you know, be a man and have integrity. He would sit me down and say, you know, Rashad, the way you celebrated on that play was a little bit too much. Like, you know, like when you score a touchdown, act like you've been there. So that yeah. obviously like carried off off the field. So he taught me what it means to be a you know a humble man. So it wasn't it wasn't tough for me at all, man. Okay, yeah, that that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, do you miss him now that you're out on your own journey? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, obviously, you know he plays such a, a pivotal, you know, role. He's like my my dad. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we we catch up. And now that I moved back to Minneapolis, I'm staying with him. 
And it's just, just amazing, man. Shout out to you, Dad. You know, thank you for everything that you've done in my life, you know. And one thing, we had this conversation. I just got back to Minneapolis okay. on Thursday. And the first conversation I had with them was, you know, out of respect, you know, out of homage. I, I want to call you my dad. Because I always just call him Chris. Yeah. You know, I want to call you my dad. I want to call you, like, you know, father. Yeah. Because you played that role in my life. You're not just, just a name. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. I can just feel the respect that you have from him, which is uh, it's really special. I and I think that, that journey is amazing. Um, yeah. So he was our track coach. I played track for about half a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> What happened, man? How yeah. come you start running track? <laughs> I needed to at the time. James and I went out there to try to get you know in shape for right, football. Right, for football so, right. <laughs> but yeah. we did about half a year. It was bad. But <laughs> So Chris was the track coach, and, uh, and you were obviously a stud in track yeah. playing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what was that experience like having your dad as a coach, and then obviously, you know, you you said you broke a couple records for yeah, hurdle. Yeah, you were yeah, so yeah, sweet one, with it. Yeah, one ten hurdles and three hundred hurdles. So I still have the all time record in the one ten hurdles. Okay, you know, up there, he told me. And so what it was like for him to be obviously like you know my father and also a track coach was he always just pushed me, you mm-hmm. know, and it was, it, was, it boiled down to respect. I knew that he had, you know, my best interest. So I really, really listened to him. That's wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Applying that right. knowledge to your life and not just listening and just, okay, I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? So I knew that he would go to these banquets. He would go to these, you know, like meetings and really learn about like fast twitch muscles and how to explode off, you know, out of like the blocks and everything. So I really took everything in. Honestly, I wouldn't have ran the times that I did if it wasn't for him. It sounds like you really put your trust in him, especially oh, yeah. like with the science and uh-huh. like the training methods yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. So obviously when you know someone has put in time like you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do your research, you study. And so once you see that, now I trust you to really instill like those values, you know, in me. Yeah, and I think that shows the benefits of you actually seeing him study. Exactly. Around right, him all right, the time. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Behind closed doors. It boils down to integrity. Integrity, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. Uh, what was one of your favorite memories from track? Like any meets or anything that stuck out to you mm-hmm. or any moments? To be honest, you would think it's probably like, you know, breaking that record. But right. the one the one experience that I'll, I'll never forget is when it was like Hamlin, Hamlin Relays, like the elite meet. Okay. And I was coming around the 300, you know, the, the 300, like 200 mark for the 300 hurdles. And I was neck and neck, you know, with, the, with the, my teammate Angus. Okay. And we definitely would have broke some records. And when I came across the hurdle, my, my trail leg like caught it and I fell down. And all you could hear oh, was, ooh. No. But what it taught me was, you know, get back up and finish the race. Mm-hmm. And that's what life is all about. You're going to have some hurdles. You're going to have some trials. But you got to continue to get back up and just keep on pushing. And that right there just instilled in me, okay, next me, I'm going to go harder. I'm going to bring it this week. Probably why you got a lot of those records. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's a good experience. That must yeah. have hurt, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that comes with, you know, hurdles. Right. You know, you're going you to fall. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a process. So you were, uh, I mean, you got a scholarship to St. Cloud State. St. Cloud State, SCSU. SCSU, running yeah. track, and yeah. uh, that's pretty awesome. But then a heart condition came mm-hmm. and um, kind of ended your condition. Yeah, so... I've always like it was bad like on the football field. So any like strain, you know, strenuous like working out or pushing my body, I, I felt my heart rate go up. So like my, my heart would start pounding. But I was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had that in high school. And then before going to 
St. Cloud State, I got a, a heart procedure. So they went in for my groin and then I had an extra node and they, sure. they went in and zapped the extra node and it didn't, it didn't help, you know, at all. And so I worked out again and I still felt that, you know, my heartbeat go up. So it would get up to like, almost like, I want to say 190 beats per, per second it or something. It must have been like scary. Yeah. It, it, really you know, scary. It, it was scary. Yeah. And so... During that time, I knew that my, my, my tracker was probably, you know, fading away. And so I call it PTSD, right? You know, post-traumatic sports disorder. Like when you get like your identity taken away mm-hmm. that you've been like really, really focused on all your life, like dedicated, you know what I'm saying? You, you work out, you eat right. And that's, you know, that, that's, that, that becomes your, your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like that's stripped away. And now you really have to look yourself in the mirror and ask, okay, why, why am I here on earth? Obviously, it just wasn't for, you know, breaking records and, and, and running on the track and playing football. It's really about making an impact and being selfless. So I have to ask that question, like, you know, what's next for me? Yeah. And it was and I, tough. And I think uh, that kind of shows your faith and maybe mm-hmm. God had a plan for you with oh, your yeah. heart. And, yeah. Because there's a bigger purpose and you run yeah. and breaking records. Yeah. And so that when you lost that identity, mm-hmm. um, Talk about like that process because yeah. I did. I went through the same thing and yeah. it was hard for it's a while. Tough man. Almost like I I went through a little bit of mini depression. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't. I wasn't actually depressed, but yeah, right, I wasn't right. myself. I and, mean, you you can say to an extent like a like a dark cloud is over. You know what I'm saying? Like, dang, what's what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, now that's taken away. So the process was was tough. You know, for like maybe like. A semester or maybe like a year, I, you know, I just devoted to drinking and partying to get my mind off of it. Right. And like there's, there's like that, that freedom of now that you're just a student. You're not an athlete. You don't got to wake up five o'clock in the morning for a wait. So uh-huh. I kind of, you know, took advantage of that, but it wasn't in a healthy way. And right. so my mom always told me at a young age, Rashad, you're more than just an athlete. She would always just plant that seed. You're more than just an athlete. You know, you're young. You ain't trying to hear that. Yeah. I'm going to the league. I'm going to the Olympics. <laughs> you're more than just an athlete. And so... One day, click, you know, you're more than just an athlete. And I have to ask myself, what do I want to do to make a, to leave a legacy for the rest of, you know, like when, when I die, like what can I plant in somebody so that, that they can continue on with their life? So was there like a moment for you that this happened or was there like a week period where you like realized what, what's next and what you're going to do? Yeah. So when I, I transferred down from St. Cloud State University, my freshman year down to South Carolina State University. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so during this process, I was on a track team and then it flared up again, my heart. And that's why I know I, I got to, you know, hang it up. And so okay. like the party scene down there was, was crazy, was wild. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like any college. But being at an HBCU, it's a historically black college university. OK. And so that's my first time being around like powerful, influential young black leaders. And so yeah. what that taught me in the classroom was, OK. You got people like MLK, you know, Malcolm X that really made an influence and really transformed like the, 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 the black community. And so I saw myself as the next MLK. And the thing about that was it's scary when you look, when you look yourself in the mirror and realize what can't I accomplish? And that's when like my mindset like really started to, to get going like what's next? Oh, that's you know really what I'm saying? Powerful. So I created a mentoring program. And I called it entitled the Youthful Mister. So I, I was the president of a teaching program for black males. So yeah. It's only like 2% of the teaching population is black males. Okay. And so it's, it's very low. So we, you know, like the purpose of that was to find more black males to, you know, be in the education system. 
Right. And obviously, my dad influenced me once again because he was a gym teacher. Yeah. And so I knew I wanted to influence young people. I just didn't, I didn't know in what capacity. But what I did know was I wanted to change the lives of young black boys that were suffering from their father not being in their life, like mine. And I know that there are so many young boys out there who are broken and don't realize it. And so literally, Austin, when God gives me something, it takes like maybe like two hours, like a, like a vision almost. And right. one night, I knew I wanted to create this mentoring program. I, I popped up out of my bed and I literally wrote the, the, mission state, the, the mission statement, the objective, the vision statement, what I'm going to instill in these boys. I typed it out. The next day, I literally went to elementary, middle school, charter school to talk to the principal. I said, this is what I want to do with your boys. You know, I want to really change their lives. And she said, all right, let's go. By the next month, we have about 10 boys started off and over like five years, it grew to 60 boys. And so when I say you want to leave a legacy, that's what it means to leave a legacy. You got to like be hungry to make a difference in someone else's life. So yeah, man, that's it. So that, that, that was it for me was after sports, I wanted to show kids there's more to it than just being, you know, the next LeBron James or the next, you know, Michael Vick at the time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. people, they all, all they have to see is someone else doing it to inspire them. And talk about that process. Like, how did you, what was the process like actually talking to the kids in the community? Just mm-hmm. kind of take us through once you got those kids, what mm-hmm. did the mentorship look like? Man, so after every Wednesday after school, we would gather the boys and obviously, it was a, a education like foundation. So obviously, like the first ten minutes or you know twenty minutes was devoted to to homework and studying because a lot of those boys they were failing because like they're uh, all right. So I don't want I don't want to get too deep, but in the education okay. realm, it's that Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? So it's like the needs, like you're getting like shelter, food, and everything. You know what I'm saying? Basic needs. Well, yeah. it, it, your, your basic needs. And a lot of these young boys' needs weren't being met outside so how do you expect these young boys to come in the classroom and learn when they're hungry when their mom is a prostitute when they're when the father is beating their you know their mom so they a lot of them have anger yeah. and so they can't even learn right absolutely they're not in the right capacity to learn and so we'll just break it down i will make learning fun like bring that energy bring that passion like yo let's learn you know yeah. play different games like i will spin them around all right now run to the board what's five times five you know what i'm saying like have yeah. like different competitions with the boys so that make them hungry like to learn make it fun yeah almost an escape from exactly there. right you know what i'm yeah. saying and they forget that they're learning because like we just like let's go let's go yeah. you know pound your chest and everything and these boys like oh you know l- learning is fun mm-hmm. and after that 20 minutes that's when i get to the nitty-gritty okay today we're going to talk about integrity today okay. we're going to talk about respect i will break it down okay what does respect mean like the definition of it mm-hmm. And then, you know, have them memorize it. And then the following week, you know, we'll talk about how do you implement that in the classroom, you know, outside in your community, in your home. And, you know, really just talk to them about what it means, once again, to be a man or a young boy of integrity, to respect these young girls. Because a yeah. lot of times, obviously, they see on music videos, they see, you know, like their, their brothers or, like, you know, cats on the streets disrespecting girls. So I want to teach them to really respect women. So, you know, different stuff like that I was instilling them. Yeah, and I think that's something that I, when I follow you, yeah. I think is so impressive about you is not all, 
everything that you know and all your knowledge and mm -hmm. integrity, but is your charisma and your ability to connect with people. And yeah. I think, like you said with your dad, mm -hmm. when you're able to get that connection, mm -hmm. then you're able to bring somebody in exactly, and then show them the real values. Yeah. But they're never going to listen to you if they don't, even if you're not funny and right, right, you're charismatic right. yeah, yeah. and actually yeah. really connecting with them on you know different levels within our society almost. So I have a vision board, Austin, right? And so when I create that mentoring program before... I had a vision board of creating a mentoring program. And one of the quotes underneath the picture was, kids don't care how much you know until you show them how much you care. And so every single day, it'd be random stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, what you eat for dinner last night, man? Oh, I had pizza. Ooh, what's your favorite pizza, man? So they actually like, okay, right. he cares about like the little things, you know? Yeah. So that, that's like the basic thing when it comes to people is like that connection. Like actually ask somebody, how, how are you doing today? You know what I'm saying? Like, Ask him, how you doing? I obviously, it's just, I'm good. But no, like, actually, how you doing, man? And, and then we just chop it up from there. Yeah, and that, and um, how important is your personal experience when it comes to connecting with these kids? Because I know for me, when it comes to the health and fasting stuff, being able to explain my experience and mm -hmm. kind of even being the person that I am, that mm -hmm. it's so important to actually reach mm -hmm. to just somebody I'm communicating with. How what? much does that come off with the kids you mentor? Oh, no doubt. They... Here, here's the thing. When people, people can really connect with you when they know that you've gone through the same things that they're going through, that you've overcome what they're, you know, struggling with. Right. And so even like when it comes to you, like with, with fasting and, you know, losing weight and everything that you're, that you're teaching about, right. I never forget the picture. I always show people, bro, when I talk about you, the picture, like, I think you were in high school. Yeah. You know, like a chubby cheeks. And then now like you cut up and ripped. So people want to see that that transformation that in that process. And so with that personal connection with these kids, I always tell them, you know, at one point in time, I was disrespecting, you know, uh, these girls. At one point in time, I was smoking and drinking. Right. And now look who I am. Mm -hmm. And so they need to see that, that personal connection. Absolutely. And it gives you validity mm -hmm. that, like, you actually were able to do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So you were able to have this experience uh, with so many kids and yeah. mentoring so many people. And I know you mentioned you were thinking about going into teaching, but right. <laughs> you weren't sure if that was the avenue of your impact, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so talk about this world race. You made yeah. a leap. Yeah, uh, what I, made, was I made a huge leap of faith. So here's the thing. I think a lot of times when the dangerous part of following behind someone else's footstep, you don't realize what do I actually want to do? So with my, with my dad, he made such an impact on my life that I just wanted to you know, make him happy. Right. Not knowing that I didn't really want to teach reading, writing, math like in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I just had, a, I had, a, I had a, a passion to influence you know, young kids through telling a story. You know, so like motivational speaking and, and whatnot. So right. one day it hit me like, yo, I don't want to teach. And literally, Austin, I was in school for six years pursuing elementary education okay. so I, I couldn't pass the test but my heart wasn't in it and I, one day I had to ask myself yo Rashad when are you going to like stop trying to impress others or you know make your dad happy and really pursue what you want to do and so you have to really ask yourself what what is it that I want to do here mm -hmm. I am I'm preaching about going you know like pursuing your dreams, setting goals, but deep down, I know I knew I didn't want to pursue education. Right. And so when I asked that, when I asked myself that question, I'm a man of faith, and I'm an ex extremist when it comes to living my life radically. Okay. Right. So yeah. whether that's obviously like track or whatever it is, I'm just like, you're I'm, all I'm, in. I'm, I'm all. I'm very just radical. Yep. 
And so when I came to that conclusion, I said, I don't, I don't want to be in school. And then I knew it was from God when my friend, he sent me a Instagram video of World Race. So what the World Race is, it's a missionary trip, 11 countries in 11 months, and you live out of a backpack. Mm-hmm. And for at that moment, I knew this, this is it. Because God had told me maybe like two years prior to that, I was going to travel across the world and proclaim the gospel one day. And so I just didn't know when. And so when I saw that, I'm like, this is it. So you were just committed at that point. At, 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 that, at that moment. And let me tell you a crazy story. I was working at Amazon during winter break. Yep. And this is just kind of like whether you believe in, you know, Jesus Christ or whatever, like the universe, obviously, like it's always directing you. Like the energy is always directing you to where, you know, he needs you or she needs you to go, no matter what you believe, right? Yep. And so when I when I saw that that post, I was working at Amazon and I was on break. I said, this is it. So I went back into Amazon, the warehouse. And what I did was I was a picker. So it was like a small machine. It would show you which items you need to pick, right? Pick up and you put it like in a tote and ship it off. And literally I said, God, like, show me, is this what you want me to do? Yo, Mm -hmm. on that screen, I kid you not, the first thing that popped up was a world map. The second thing that popped up was a like a backpack, a, a traveling bag. The, the third thing was like a walking stick. The fourth thing was a, a recorder. The, the fifth thing was like a journal. And it's almost like I was shopping for your trip. This, uh, this, this trip, right? Oh my God. And so the Holy Spirit told me I, I was just gonna drop off the tote, but the Holy Spirit said, No, go the, I need you to go this way. All right. So listening to like that your intuition. And so as soon as I turned, this girl's shirt said, expect the unexpected. You got to be kidding Expect the unexpected. And right then I knew. That's unbelievable (laughs) because my favorite book of all time is The Alchemist. Have you read that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read that book, bro. Yeah, yeah. The Alchemist (laughs) is all about living your personal Mm -hmm. legend and how the Mm -hmm. world conspires to help you find the personal legend. And as you were just explaining those things, I'm thinking to myself, like in the whole book, he talks about how once you start your journey Mm -hmm. and once you start to believe, Mm -hmm. the world will send you messages. Exactly. that you're on the right path. Yeah. But the scary part about it is, Austin, a lot of people live in such fear that they don't even want to go on that journey. Absolutely. And and again, in the book, it says, once you decide to make the journey, like mm-hmm. once you decide I'm going, that's when the world, yep. and maybe it's because you subconsciously right, opened right, up right. your eyes to yep. it. But yep. that's an unbelievable yeah. story. So was there any, was it really hard to make that decision to go when it actually came down to uh, having to leave school and mm-hmm. you know talk to your parents mm-hmm. and travel the world. Question. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people need to to hear this 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 message in particular. So when you live your life on purpose, you know, for a purpose, you have to be bold enough to live such a life that it may not make others happy. Okay. And that's what it was for my you know my my dad. Obviously, he, you know, he graduated from the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. His side of the family, my my grandpa graduated from University of Pittsburgh. My uncle you know, Harvard. And Mm -hmm. so it was a very educational background. And so when I told my dad, I'll never forget, I sat him down and my mom, you know, different spaces. I said, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. I don't care. (laughs) In all all due respect, I don't care if you don't want me to do it because this is the journey that I'm I'm going on. And at the end of the day, they respected it because I sat them down Mm -hmm. and my dad doubted Right, he he doubted a little bit for sure, and plus the mission trip cost eighteen thousand dollars. But once you're walking in your purpose, everything else is going to just happen. Mm-hmm. And I raised that eighteen thousand dollars in like two months. Wow, you know what I'm saying? Two like, months, it's like literally like in, in two months, I, I raised that eighteen thousand dollars, like the majority of it. Mm-hmm. 
So what I'm saying is once you go after your purpose, once you go after your dreams, it's going to be difficult to please others. However, you have to continue on because at the end of the day, you want to go to bed happy knowing, yo, you know, this is the journey I'm on and I'm not doing it for my dad. I'm doing it for myself. Absolutely. And I'm sure they supported you. And oh, yeah. That honesty yeah. is so important because mm-hmm. um, they will respect it. Like you said, they respected your decision. And I just think today in society, I know myself, I struggle with this sometimes, is just being honest with people about their intentions when it's really hard to be, even when it's going to see somebody or you have something going on, mm-hmm. just totally being honest about your intentions mm-hmm. because they'll respect it. Mm-hmm. You tell them this is this, this is why. Right, right. Instead of just, it's easy to give little fibs or mm-hmm. lies like, hmm, whatever. I right, don't. right. But when you're honest, They'll respect it, and then they'll support the journey. Exactly. It boils down to that integrity. And for whoever is listening that may be thinking school is not for them, obviously, I'm I'm not saying everyone to drop out of school. However, what I'm saying, if if you're thinking something is not for you, still be bold enough and just go after it and do it because you're going to live such a joyful life, and it's going to be worth it even when the trials do come. Right. Um, That's awesome, man. Appreciate it. so getting to the world race, yeah. <laughs> you traveled to 14 different countries. <laughs> 14 different countries. 14 countries. Which one stood out to you? What was some favorites? Yeah, first I want to say, I didn't realize how crazy it is until I came back and after it was all said and done, you tell people, yeah, I traveled, where'd you go? 14 countries. And look wow. at you like, yo, you crazy. Like what, what would make you take a year off and do something like that? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, Rashad, you really traveled the world, 14 different countries. And what if I would have continued... To pursue education, I would have missed out on this opportunity. Right. And so to get back to your question, my favorite, like the countries that stuck out to me definitely were Uganda. My heart is in Uganda. Quick story. I'm going to start a a sewing trade school for young women who are prostitutes. And so I never forget a pastor was driving around late at night in Lira, Uganda. And he was like, you know, this is where the drunks are. This is where the addicts are. This is where the prostitutes are. I'll never forget these young girls, like 14 years old, man. No way. 14 years old. And it just broke my heart because my little niece is nine year, 10 years old. I said, that could be her. Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, I knew I had to do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. knew that, like, the information that you received, like, you, you have to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. You can't hold it in. And so that, that's like the same, like, energy I had. I, I got to do something. And how you know? is this sewing going to work? What's the, yeah, what's so, the plan? Yeah. So, so once again, um, it only took me like a day to figure out everything. I sat down and talked with the pastor that's in Lira, Uganda. They have an open space in their church. We went around the, the city to find sewing machines. It only costs like $200, $300 like to purchase yeah. a, a nice sewing machine. So we're going to have about eight sewing machines in there. We're going to have a, a teacher teaching them how to sew. But also like the, the foundation, the meat of it is we're going to teach them biblical principles of what it means to be a woman of worth. Like your, your worth is not in these men. Your worth is not in this world. Your worth is something greater, far greater, no matter what. So no matter how these men treated you and treat you like dirt, you have a God that absolutely loves you. And now you're going to be in this space where you're learning how to sew. And now you're learning what it means to love yourself, most importantly. Absolutely. Instead so, of just giving yeah, fish, you're exactly, teaching right. people how to right, fish. Exactly. Yeah. So then a- after that, we're going to obviously gift them with a sewing machine and you know bless them and they go and, and make money for their own. That's and it's sad because some of these women will sell their sell their bodies for like fifty cent. Mm-hmm. They need to take care of their children. 
it's an environment they're in. They're probably just yeah. trying to do their best, and yeah. it's it's really tough. So, but. Hey, let me tell you real quick. So, one quote that I think every person could take away that really made me know. Okay, this is what I need to know. This is what I need to do. Is when you see a problem, you can do one of three things. You can comp- uh, complain about it, you can ignore it, or you can do something about it. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people complain about it or ignore it instead of taking that initiative taking that step and doing something about it and being change, you know, changing someone's life. Absolutely. And I think as I've grown up and really started to just listen to the world, mm-hmm. I've started to realize that. And I go, I'm a sauna guy. So I'm in the right, sauna right, every right, day. Right, right, yeah. And if you just open up ears mm-hmm. and just listen to people, mm-hmm. you can hear a lot in there. Mm-hmm. And what I hear a lot is problems. So there'll be some times where I will just like kind of, I'm minding my own business. I'll be like, oh, that's really interesting. So what's the solution? Right. And I'll just start asking people, what's right. the solution? Half the time, they don't have an yeah, answer. They just right. start talking about the problem yep. again. Yep. So again, thing, yeah. I want to give you some praise. That is an unbelievable business. Mm-hmm. Find a solution and teaching these girls how to actually get out is yes. really amazing. Yes, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned to me earlier that Vietnam was a huge place for you. Yeah. Doing some serious personal growth. What was that experience like? And why, was it so, why did it matter so much to you? Man, I, I'll never forget Vietnam. So one of my favorite, I'm I'm all about quotes. So excuse me. I love the quotes. stars only come out at night. The stars okay. only come out at night. And one of my darkest moments of my entire life, man, was was Vietnam. Okay. Solely due to the discrimination and the racism. And Europe was tough. Europe was on a whole, uh, on a whole different level as far as like the hatred behind seeing like a black man in their country. Really? And so it was tough. For me. But with Vietnam, it was. There were times where I didn't even want to leave out, you know, the my my house where we were staying at because people would stare, people would point, people would laugh, people would take pictures. So I oh felt like gosh. I was an animal in a zoo. And so, but what that told me was it shaped and molded me to the point where I had to look myself every single night in the mirror and say, Rashad, you are strong. Rashad, God does love you. Rashad, no matter what people say, you are still a man of God. And so I had to lean on that. And there would be nights where I would just get on my knees and just pray, like, God, give me strength so I can love these people. Serious test for you there. Mm-hmm. You said you, you also picked up some habits when you were oh, in yeah. that community, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so each country, I would try to, you know, adopt something that they, you know, did as far as, like, the rituals or customs or whatnot. So with Vietnam, they wake up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning to pray to their gods. And then after, their, after that, you will see people on the streets and the gym just exercising, moving, moving their body. At 5 a.m.? At, at 5 a.m., right? right? So even like, I'm talking about 80-year-old women, like just moving, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. jogging or, you know, like just moving their limbs. And <laughs> I, you know, I adopted that. So I started waking up at 4.30 in the morning, you know, spend time with God, journal, read, you know, do like my little push-ups, you know, go through my, my daily like testimony as far as, you know, Rashad, you will be great. Rashad, you will do the, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for that sure. type of deal. And after that, I would head to the gym by like 5.30. And so my morning started off so strong that no matter how the day necessarily went, I felt strong because I started my day off strong. Right. And I think if you follow this platform, it's mm-hmm. all about setting a solid foundation. That's what I'm saying. Morning. And you talk about that. Yeah. yeah the, that morning routine. The victory hour. Once yeah. you dominate that, the day's easy. Right, right. But what was your habits like before you kind of started that routine? Was because you were still building your mission mm-hmm. and you right, were becoming right, right. the person yeah. you wanted to be. But yeah. what the, the biggest thing with me was, and I think a lot of people can attest to this, is the inconsistency. So there'll be times, uh, you know, I'm gonna wake up at three thirty and only do it for a week. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I was very inconsistent before that. I would want to wake up at like six o'clock, but I wake up at like eight, sleep mm-hmm. in, you know what I'm saying? Be on my phone for like the first 30 minutes, not devote myself to myself, but instead I'm looking at other people's lives, right? Right. And so the thing was, I knew that I had to take that time out for myself if I was going to pour out and really love on the people that God has placed in front of me. To get back to your question, like the biggest change I would have to say was the consistency behind it. I got this from you, Austin, drinking first thing in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, gulping down water, like being consistent in like those little tasks because the it's going to make like your big goals easier. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to get the hydration right, right, right away, right, right, man. Right, right Let's in the morning, go. Man. I got this water bottle right here. I just take like six, six big gulps and I'm good. I'm like, Let's go. Get yourself some nutrients. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so about this time, you said you kind of started fasting too. Uh, mm-hmm. What's your journey been like with that? And are you sticking to a routine right now? Yeah. So before I always fasted for like the spiritual reasons of it. And mm-hmm. I don't mean to get you know spiritual, but I am a man of faith. So in the Bible, there are some things that God doesn't necessarily bless you with unless you fast. Uh, so it doesn't come through prayer, but it comes through fasting mm-hmm. because you're, now you're, you're denying yourself and you're sacrificing like eating food. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of things that I did previously, you know, t- t- uh, for fasting. So I would fast, like the longest I've gone is like three days, just water, wow. right? Yep. And I would do that inconsistently. However, I never forget when I was in Romania, that's when I listened to your podcast about fasting. Right. And I didn't know that there were health benefits of it, like it resets your body. Right. So after that, sometimes, you know, I would skip out on breakfast, allow like my body to Really like, you know, reset, you know, Mm -hmm. break down the food. And that would allow me to practice, obviously, self-discipline once again. And so I would adopt it more into my lifestyle after hearing your, you know, you talk about it. So there's actually some preachers I follow in mm -hmm. like Africa and South Africa Mm -hmm. that they talk about the circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. and they adopt fasting as well. But it's just more like, yeah, it's just more natural, Mm -hmm. like following your skin, your body's reset in the Mm -hmm. morning. Then you might eat a little bit and then eat at night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I at least try to fast like once, like a 24 hours, once a week. Okay. You yeah. Know? What so day is that usually for you? Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. You hit your reset. <laughs> right. Yep. Wednesday, I do a 24-hour fast, but I definitely want to be more consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And every day, are you a, like an early breakfast guy when you're not fasting or what's the, what's the routine look like? You maybe hit the gym in the morning? Yeah, and- yeah. So I'll, I'll wake up and the first thing I do, obviously, is journal. I still still do that. Mm-hmm. And then I go on, always go on like, on like a 10-minute jog just to loosen my body up. That's when I pray. That's when I think. I come back, shower, and then that's when I kind of get my day started. Okay. Light, light breakfast. Or sometimes I don't even like really eating breakfast, to be honest with you. I just drink my water, yeah. and I won't eat until like, like you said, man, I, you're truly inspiring me. I, also, I'm telling you, bro, Appreciate I won't it. eat until like 11 or 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I, I like that that feeling of like feeling light. I used to eat like big breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I would just be tired. For sure. I, I did not like that. And it's, it's forget about the health benefits <laughs> right. for a second. It's like just live your, living right. your life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For yeah. me, like if I have a productive day, if I'm trying to do some like creative work or really mm-hmm. get perform well, mm-hmm. like food is just only weighing right, right, me right. down. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Right. You got to get that out of here. <laughs> right. Like once I'm done, right. once I'm done doing my work, yeah. now I can go exactly. relax. Right. I'll get exactly. some good food. I'll re- I'll nourish my body mm-hmm. and kind of reset. And, mm-hmm. Kind of see eye to eye on that yeah, yeah. principle for sure. Most definitely. You also mentioned something super interesting when we were talking about yeah. you're only eating real food around mm-hmm. the world. That natural food. The natural real food, which I think I've been really trying to get into. It's so important. 
and you got sick when you came back eating yep. more processed food. What what that feel like to come back and? Oh man, it was hell. I ain't gonna lie to you. Oh bro. my gosh! <laughs> so they they warned us always have like you know start eating like home cooked meals and like kind of work your way into fast food mm-hmm. and even like the frozen food. You know, mom, you're a great cook, but sometimes you know I would just pop some in the the oven like chicken tenders. I would just feel just feel sick. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like my body was like, yo, like you know you need to start like eating like that natural like fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and. It was just tough for me. So now I don't eat fast food. I don't eat like junk. I was big into Skittles. My boy Trey sitting over here, he knows I always had a pack of Skittles by my bed. I would just wake up in the middle of the night and just chomp on Skittles oh, and go back man. to sleep. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> Mouth full of cavities. But on this trip, I didn't eat a lot of candy. And so now I don't eat candy. Like I have like, you know, like like a handful of Skittles, like, you know, every now and then, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't eat candy. So my body is just loving like the natural food, like you know, greens and vegetables. I just, I just feel a lot, you know, lighter. I can absolutely attest to that. Yeah. And so, what were you eating when you were kind of going around the world? What, what were yeah. the things or your diet look like? So, in Asia, it was a lot of noodles. It was a lot of rice, okay. that type of deal. They ate pork. I don't eat pork. You know, my father's Muslim, so I kind of you know adopted that into my lifestyle. Right. But a lot of these places, a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruits. Mm-hmm. They are big into obviously. Cutting a, a pig right in front of you, <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then cooking it up or goat if you have you know if you have money, so it was very very light yeah. meals. But in Africa, they can eat a whole lot, so it's like a lot of like uh, starch, okay, you know, like potatoes and right. they call it like a posho, like it's you know like this this heavy stuff, and so I always like to just eat light. Okay, yeah. yeah, I can really attest to the eating when I'm really on a good routine of eating real food. Mm-hmm. The energy and just the natural vibe I get is—it's unbelievable. And and for the listener, anyone out there who's interested in, in trying out, obviously in our society right now, it's very inconvenient and, and it's expensive, expensive to and find healthy food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, I mean, shoot, if you're driving down the road, mm-hmm. there's nowhere you can stop really right. on the average no. place. You got to no. go to like yeah. you know a nice grocery store. But if you're able to adopt it and give it a real shot, I mean, wow, it does make a huge difference like, how you feel. Man, you, you're going to feel totally different. You won't be as tired. You're going to, even like my mind is more clear. Absolutely. It, it is bold. I mean, like like the little thing. And going back to what you were said when you were talking about uh, you were fasting, mm-hmm. you know, and you were, you were thinking more clearly oh, and man. putting out master work. There was actually philosophers uh, back in the olden days, like in Rome and stuff, they would make their students fast for mm. 24 hours before going to their class so they were thinking clearly mm. and so that they actually could absorb the right, knowledge, right, yeah. which That's I think powerful. is so interesting. And people are so scared to miss a meal, right? Oh, However, <laughs> but they're missing out on like that euphoric feeling of you just so clear. Everything's just clear, mm-hmm. like you're laser focused. I don't know what, I don't, I don't like the process behind it, but you'll feel a big difference. Right. And again, everyone, use your intuition and use some common sense with this. Like mm-hmm. if you're an athlete and you're, you know, producing right, right, physical right. Yep. work and stuff mm-hmm. where, you know, this is, it's kind of a different mindset than mm-hmm. if you're really, if you've been adopted to fasting for a little bit and can really start diving into the mental benefits. Mm-hmm. All right. So we went around the world. You got back. Um, I love this path you've chosen, man. Yeah, I think appreciate it's, it, man. <laughs> I think it's really, really cool. Thank you. Choosing a route that's you know maybe not popular. I know you said mm-hmm. committed to it. Has it been hard for you at all, not conforming to maybe like easier job or oh, yeah. like going through a tough route where you know, there's not a lot of money right away mm-hmm. in what you're doing? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. 
I would lie to you if I said, you know, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when we were flying from Dubai to Boston, I was like, oh, crap. You know, what am I about to do? Even mm-hmm. though I had like opportunities lined up, there was still like that that feeling of like the unknown. Yeah. It's so, like when you're obviously like when you're teaching, you know you're going to get out in the summer, you're going to teach, you're going to have that set salary. However, I'm pursuing motivational speaking, preaching, mm-hmm. you know, and teaching. So there's not necessarily a set job for that. Mm-hmm. And so with me, I just have to, you know, just trust God and everything, you know, align. The stars align, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you believe in. But he always got you when you're pursuing what he's called you to do on this earth. And so for me, I I took up an internship here in Minneapolis. That's why I'm back and I'm doing what I'm love. I'm 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 teaching, I'm preaching, I'm going into schools, you know, and and motivating kids. So working yeah. with Pulse in Minneapolis, yep, Paul, right? Pulse Pulse in Minneapolis. It's, it's starting off as an intern internship, mm-hmm. and then prayerfully goes you know for a full time position. Oh, awesome! It's a Christian nonprofit. Yeah. And what would that full time position look like for you? So they they're saying like I'm pretty versatile, mm-hmm. and so obviously I would do not obviously, but I would you know preach. I would create like their their digital content, mm-hmm. you know, like virtual Bible study. So you know, say walk through like the the book the book of Luke with you. We're gonna break down that passage. Okay, what did you learn from this? How are you gonna apply it to your life? Mm-hmm. Something like that, and then also do a high school tour. So okay. go travel around and go into high schools to to speak to students. This is what you need to be doing, yeah. bud. Yeah, communicating and yeah. actually being physically yeah. engaged with people, but then also having the reach. You said social yeah. media, a yeah, little social bit too, media. Right? Yeah, so creating like their YouTube content, Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, like hey, come out to this event. You know, that type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, using social networking and stuff, it's gonna be part of your job, and it's yeah. kind of part of your message, mm-hmm. but. I think we both agree that being in front of a screen wasn't the way that we were supposed mm-hmm. to live. Yeah. How what what techniques do you do to be mindful of your time with technology? And yeah, so it didn't hit me until I came back to America and I saw how everyone was just in their phone with the airport. I'm like, yo, is that how I looked on this mission field? Because I was documenting everything, mm-hmm. and so it's unfortunate. You know, I took thing took things in, but I could have took more in if I just would have put down my phone. Right, and so with me personally. I'm very, very strict on my phone usage now. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, the first like more like the morning, I don't, I don't really touch my phone. I That's want great. that to be like focus on like my goals, focus on what I got to do, and then also at nighttime, there's a rule that I have is I don't bring my phone uh, in my in the bed with me. So I just set it on the you know the uh, the, the table. And I do the similar exactly, thing. I yeah. put my phone away in the bathroom. Yep. Um, but I think that it's really hard when you want to use your phone because you can connect. There's obviously mm-hmm. amazing benefits to of connect course. with people and right, get that right. message out and get your journey mm-hmm. out. It's mm-hmm. amazing for people to follow it. So is it hard to like really find a balance or is there an ideal balance, do you think? Yeah, there's definitely an ideal balance. However, you have to be very intentional when it comes to that. So mm-hmm. say you can't just say, okay, I'm just going to be on my phone for 30 minutes today. Like be intentional. Okay, I'm going to look at, look at this, check my emails, you know what I'm saying? Devote this time to on Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. so you give yourself yeah. like that, that 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 personal freedom still, but you have to be very intentional when it comes to being on your phone. Like you have to set those rules. Or even the iPhone has yeah. a self timer as far as okay, at nine o'clock you said that you're gonna be off your phone. 
You got 10 more minutes. Mm-hmm. That's so like those daily like reminders to tell you. Right, because the phone is so distracting. Oh, I mean, yeah. the, whole, the whole job marketing the iPhone mm-hmm. is to get you to touch other exactly. things. Exactly, right. right. Yeah, it's yeah. all distracting. Yeah. So being mindful and thoughtful, I it's think that's tough, a great though. point. Right. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And it's easy to just lose yourself in mm-hmm. it. Like forget, and then all of a sudden an hour's gone by. You have like a TV show on. You didn't right, even right, look exactly. at the dang TV. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. There was actually a really funny thing I saw the other day on social media. It was like... My, my nightly routine, <laughs> sit down on the couch, tell my friend we're going to have a conversation, turn yeah. on the office, right, right. But, and then five minutes later, we're all looking at our phone. <laughs> it's Nobody, scary, man. Yeah. I just had this conversation with my boy Trey. He's sitting in the room yesterday, and even with him, he inspired me because after he comes home from work, he puts his phone down, he has a son, and he just devotes that time to be with his son and to be with his girlfriend. Wow, that's so really that's, awesome. You know, even like with that, like- I think we've lost the art of communication because mm-hmm. of the phone. Yep. We don't even come home and ask our loved ones or our brothers and sisters, how was your day? Because we're so into our phone. Absolutely. And social and kids now who are growing up, they're kind of they're losing social skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's I, scary. At the golf course, I'm around a lot of young kids and I, I get to conversate with a lot of parents and just talking about how they can like eye contact is sometimes trouble and like actually holding conversation. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy if, mm-hmm. if the generations keep going like this to see. Yeah. And oh. my little niece is two years old and she's all, she already knows how to work the phone, always on her iPad. Uh-huh. And that's the scary thing. If you really look around to quiet children up at the dinner table, you would just give them an iPad. And so what is that teaching them? You know what I'm saying? Like to be, to be on their phone, to be on technology all the time. We played as kids. All the time, you just go outside exactly and play. Right. That's you don't see no more do. playing no more outside. No. You know what I'm saying? And, playing and, street football. Yeah, for sure. Do what, I mean, you did nothing to do. You got to go do right. something. Go right. climb a tree, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you don't see it. And that's why I love traveling across the world, man. You would just see kids just playing. Yeah. Sun up comes like 6 o'clock. Kids are playing soccer. Sun down. Kids are playing soccer. Absolutely. It's amazing. And. And not only just the plane, but you have to be alone with your own thoughts then. Actually, you ought to process information. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that, that time where you have to think. Mm-hmm. I know for myself, I, I'm always an audiobook guy. So mm-hmm. I'm listening right, to right, stuff right, yeah, all yeah, the time. And, yeah. and sometimes I'm like, geez, dude, you just need to like relax and right, try to actually right. be mindful and sit and think in the car mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, develop so, some thoughts. All right, let me ask you a question. Was, was that tough for you to sit in your thoughts? Like, what was like the toughest part about it? Um, it's actually not tough. Like mm-hmm. I want to be distracted. Right. My mind always wants to be distracted with something. And once like I get over a couple minutes, I actually really enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. Now I was listening to this one podcast and this guy, mm-hmm. every year he goes away, he goes on this retreat. Mm-hmm. I forget where it is, but for seven days he goes out into nature, nothing. All mm-hmm. he is is his, his camper. And this, he's like a top business executive and he's always using his phone for his stuff. And he just goes out there and he's like, I have to be there when I think. I have to just completely be in my own thoughts, mm-hmm. just me and my journal. And he's like, the first couple of days, they were freaking miserable. Mm-hmm. He's right, like, right, I didn't yeah. know myself. Yeah. And I actually had to like develop thoughts. I couldn't get distracted by yeah. stuff. It's and, tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think right. for me, that's something that's so interesting and something I would want to pursue, but it scares the living crap mm-hmm. out of me. Because once you're away from all the mm-hmm. stuff that makes yeah. us go, right. it's like, who, who are we? Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm glad we touched on this because after this journey, what this journey really taught me was to ask tough questions to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you do this, Rashad? Why do you think this way? Why do you feel the need to have this? So people need to ask themselves tough questions and get to the core of their identity. Okay. And the only way that you can do that is if you put down your phone, if you just 
step away and just it's just you and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And how do we get people to even want to do that? That's the thing. Like, how do you encourage people to mm-hmm. kind of feel that? Because it's so deep. Like, we have such a passion right, for right. what we want yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, that's distracting me. Right. I can do it. But but it, it, it touches, it goes back to asking people questions. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in the sauna and, and they're complaining about their problems. All right, what's the solution? Yeah. And so when you see someone upset, well, why are you upset? Why did that woman cutting you off make you so angry? Yeah. Like why are you allowing these things to have so much control of your internal emotions? So you have to ask yourself those questions. Then once you do, then you have like a combat of, okay, I need to relax. Mm-hmm. I know why this triggered me. So now I just need to just relax. But you will never know if you don't ask yourself those questions. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's why it's so important to show the people that you care about how grateful mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you love them. Mm-hmm. Can constantly show them how much they mean to you mm-hmm. so that when things like this happen, you can get a little bit... You know, aggressive or right, not aggressive, right, yeah, but you yeah. can get serious with them because mm-hmm. it's coming from a place of love. Right, exactly. And that yeah. goes back yeah. all the way back to what we just talked about, that connection. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that that person cares about you with your, like your youth kids. Right, right, right. Yeah. Just knowing that you have that connection. So when it gets time, like this this habit that you have is not helping you or mm-hmm. let's actually, let's get mindful about this. Right. That comes from a place of love. Yeah, Matt. It's crazy because I had to have a tough conversation with one of my, like he's like a brother to me. When I got back, he was just always on his phone. Mm-hmm. I said, man, you need to focus more on like your relationships, your, you know, your family. And it was tough for him, obviously. Yeah. But he understood it. Right. Because a, a lot of times we as men, we don't like people telling us what to do. Absolutely. Like, I'm, control- I, I'm in control of my life. You don't tell me what to do. But for deep sure. down, you know, okay, I don't need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it boils down to that integrity. Once again, like being honest with people. And people are so afraid to be honest because they're afraid to hurt people's feelings. Absolutely. And I'm not on a high horse here. Like, yeah. I just have my struggles with technology, yeah, yeah. especially. Right. Of course. Too. Yeah, and I think same, it's yeah. just everyone just understanding that we don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We are all strong, but we can still pursue mm-hmm. the best version. And it's a, pro- it's a process. It's a process. You, you got to love the process. You, you always hear people say it, but people don't actually understand that greatness takes time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a six pack overnight. People want like that quick fix. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what society shows us is, Okay, if you get on this diet, you're going to have a ripped body. But they don't show you is you have to work out every single day. You have to be devoted to this. And it just takes time. But you got to love it. You got to enjoy it. The result should honestly be the process. Mm-hmm. Like you loving the process, mm-hmm. that is what matters. Because right, the right. very end result, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The process is the whole time you took to get there. Yeah, the that's pro- the whole yeah, journey. Yeah, exactly. So like when health and stuff, that's why fasting and some of these things and just eating real food I believe in so much mm-hmm. to my core because I enjoy every day I'm doing it. Yeah, 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 so if yeah. you made me eat these like whatever small meals, or I had to just eat this one right, food right, all the time right. to get a six pack, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want it. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sustain that. Mm-hmm. And in the process, you wouldn't enjoy actually exactly. getting there. And right. that's why most of the people don't actually get there. Dude, hundred percent of diets, they all they almost all work. Mm-hmm. They work. It's the sustainability. Exactly. Can you actually right, right, right. adopt this exactly. and enjoy this for your life? Exactly. And enjoy it. The, this is like a quick nugget. A transformation happens in the process. Trans- the transformation happens in the process. I like that. Yeah. So I remember we talked on, this is so interesting to me because <laughs> you said you were kind of interesting or moving towards a minimal lifestyle, yeah. a minimalist lifestyle. Yep. Minimalism. <laughs> yes, minimalism. And I am not a minimalist by any means, but I have been trying to sell my old Xbox and yeah. like all video games. And yep. I have you know, got rid of half my closet. So I'm yeah. kind of moving right, towards that, that way. And it's a process. That, it's a process. It ain't going to happen overnight. Right. Right. There's actually a good book. It's um, it's The Art of Tidying Up by 
forget her name, but it, she talks about this process yep, of yep. really simplifying things. But anyway, back to you. Talk about your uh, your journey with this, or what that what a minimalism yeah. Yeah, yeah. or so, minimalistly means to you. So so. I didn't know that there was a word to this until my mom started sending me YouTube videos. So obviously coming back from a trip and you're living out of your backpack. And so you don't have a lot of stuff. But I found that there was so much joy in that, Austin, of just, okay, I only got four shirts to pick from. And, all right, I'm going to wear this one today. There's, there's no deep thought behind it. Yep. And then you like really like learn like to value you know, like your shirts that you do have because you don't have a lot. Right. And so what minimalism is is, not having a whole lot and finding happiness in the things that you do have and really finding the value in it. And so where the process comes and the trans- the transformation comes within all of this journey is asking yourself, okay, do I really need this or do I want it? Like, do I really value this? Mm-hmm. And so with even like clothes, obviously everyone got a whole bunch of clothes, but we really don't wear half those clothes. Absolutely. And, you know, so the way I adopted that was, I, I literally went through my closet. I spread everything out. I'm like, I don't really want this shirt anymore. I don't want that suit. I don't need to wear it. I, I got rid of like the majority of my clothes. You know, and it, it's so freeing because now you realize that you're not attached to things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not attached to clothes. You're not attached to your phone, but you're more so value it. You like it, but hey, I don't need it. So what are you down <laughs> to? What is the, what is the, the closet? Uh, the, like? the, the count is, I have 50 items. Okay. Right. So that that includes my 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 clothes, shoes, and everything. That, that that's like the biggest the thing. Computer was, charger. Yeah, exactly. And stuff. It was like probably like fifty items. You know, total total. Okay. And it's so freeing because I can open up my closet and it don't take me five minutes. Like, yo, what do I need to wear today? Okay, I got that. I'm I'm gonna do that. It's just it's just mm-hmm. just comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it goes yeah. back to if you look listen to a lot of psychology or top mm-hmm. books about, you know, production, mm-hmm. you only have so many decisions in the right, day. Right, exactly. Right, and, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah and good yeah. decisions, snow, good decisions, snowball into other good decisions. Mm-hmm. So if you make that, if, if you have to spend time deciding exactly on a right. shirt, you're yeah. losing some of your creative, yep. creative yeah. power. It's, it's power. It's a powerful journey mm-hmm. because all the clothes I gave away, all the stuff I gave away, I blessed others with. And that's the thing. The Western society is so just concerned. I need it. I need it. I need it. However, like give, like mm-hmm. give, give, give. Like you know what I'm saying. Like it's beautiful. Give to know? receive. Yeah, give to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give to receive. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you know, we talked about what you're doing here. What um, What are the big lifetime goals? Like, what are there any things that you're like? I really want to accomplish this over my lifetime. I would have to say a lifetime goal that will be done by this summer is a Olympic distance triathlon. Ooh. Right. So obviously it's not going like it ain't like a big lifetime goal, like 10 years from now. But mm-hmm. however, that is a goal for me. And the reason why I want to do it, because it scares me. And with this journey, with this journey, um, it just really showed me when you dream big and go after it, what can't you accomplish? Right. And I didn't want to be 35 years old and regretting not really maximizing the, my, my youth days of exercising and, and being fit and eating healthy. And so with, with this Olympic distance triathlon, I got to I gotta be in shape. I got to work out every day. I got to eat healthy. So it's kind of like just like a, a motivation. Yeah, right? and for so sure. Like one of my favorite quotes, we all know it, is only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go by T.S. Eliot. Hmm. So I, I, I want to push myself. And then who knows? Iron Man might be next. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you just never know. You don't know. Exactly. Every single person who's been great in something, mm-hmm. they started out as exactly, you know, beginners. Right. Yep. And They're you just beginners. don't know. And I think, like you were saying, it's just so powerful to have a goal or just something in mm-hmm. mind to shoot for, mm-hmm. to hold yourself accountable exactly. to actually get it done. Exactly. So what's that process look like for you, like training? So now I'm just like the, at the fount, you know, like the very like foundation of it. Obviously okay. running. Uh, I haven't started biking or swimming yet, but mm-hmm. it's eating right, being consistent, mm-hmm. like the, the like the basics of it, and that's that's it. I'm gonna start swimming pretty soon at, at the, uh, a local middle school right down the street, Minnetonka Middle School West, and. They're gonna teach me like really just how to perfect my form and not use a lot of energy, and I'm excited, man. When, so when is this? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's going to be in the, in the summertime. I'm not sure the specific date. Shout out to John Odom. He graduated from uh, Minnetonka High School. He's doing his great thing. guy. Yeah, great, great man. guy. And he he's into triathlons. He's always like, "Yo, shot, you gotta do this triathlon." I'm like, "Yo, black people don't swim, bro." <laughs> but you, and that's one thing that I felt guilty of. Like, I gotta not. Who say black people can't swim? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. So let's go out and do that, and I can inspire others to swim, to learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. I can inspire others to not have society tell them what they can't do. Right. Know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this journey, bro. So next summer, huh? Yeah, ne- next summer? I think you're going to crush that. <laughs> yeah, oh, no doubt. Come on. Hey, right, let's, let's go back to, remember last time we were talking about goals in the process. Yeah. And when you have a goal, like the, like the macro goal, like the micro, say you want to get a six-pack. Okay, the macro is the six pack, but the micro is doing abs for you know ten minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And then when it's when when it's hard and it's tough, you don't feel like going. You always have to remember that six pack. So when I'm working out, Austin, I always think of okay, I envision myself running down like that that street and my family cheering me on. I envision myself, mm-hmm. you know, crushing like that swimming and biking and, and like the end result of like going across that finish line, whether I'm dead last or not. I'm raising my hands like, yo, I accomplished it. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's always, you got to have that, 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 that big goal, but that small goal, you know, oh as well. It's going to motivate you to get to that big goal. Yep. Long-term goals and short-term goals. But go, I think when you tell your family and friends mm-hmm. and you really communicate, this is what I'm doing, the more people you tell, now the more accountable Boom, you are. There you go. And that's why I wanted to voice it on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now people are going to be like, yo, what's up with that uh, triathlon? <laughs> you better be running, man. <laughs> Because <laughs> you got a community of people right. coming after you. And that, that's why I'm telling everybody. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are afraid to communicate their goals and dreams because they know deep down, what if I don't accomplish it? Mm-hmm. But it's that accountability. And like when you voice it and speak it mm-hmm. and write it down, you're more likely to, to pursue it. So I think your belief and your passion yeah. for life and yeah. your religion and your, mm-hmm. your belief in God, it yeah, just yeah. come it's been portrayed in such a great light throughout this whole podcast. But yeah. is there, do you have just a mission statement for yourself or a personal statement of why you're here? Why, why do you wake up every day mm-hmm. in the morning? So I always tell myself this, if I was to leave a company, if I was to leave a setting, what do I want people to miss you know, about me? Yeah. Like, what's like the biggest difference when Rashad's not there? And it's not a mission statement. However, my motto is always, I always want to bring the joy. I always want to bring the passion. I always want to bring like the, like the big vision, you yeah. know, and just really instill that into people that, you know, you can have joy by not having a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? You can have joy by like pursuing what you love, even if society says otherwise. And so I just want to inspire people to 
live their life for them. And so that's my motto is just to always have joy, have peace, and just be passionate about what you do. Like have that joy so that when you wake up early, like, yo, I'm doing what I love. Mm-hmm. You know? I feel that joy yeah, coming bro. from yeah, you, bro. It's, that's, <laughs> and that's what it's about. Yeah. Um, so one question that I do have for you, Austin, like I, you learn a lot about people by asking questions. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to allow people to understand your journey so far, like, you know, my family and everything and Absolutely. why you inspired me so much. Because not a lot of people like really inspire me, but you right. truly inspired me because I see the joy. I, I see the passion that you have for health. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like golfing. So if yes. you just kind of like want to just touch base on why you pursued health and like what's, what's your next step with this whole golfing thing? Yeah, for yeah. sure. For me, the way I was raised mm-hmm. was my father, he worked his butt off mm-hmm. and he he provided for our camp family, but he doesn't didn't necessarily live a life of passion where right. he was really, really enjoying what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And in the environment I was raised in, my parents, they're two of my favorite people in the world. I yeah, freaking yeah. absolutely love yeah. them. Um, and they gave me every opportunity that a kid could ask for. Mm. But I didn't have maybe the knowledge that Chris gave you mm-hmm. about athletics and nutrition mm-hmm. and right, right. different principles to kind of get me to the different places I wanted to go. And so I was able to pick them up later in my 20s and mm-hmm. stuff. And when I, once I started picking up these habits and routines and understanding what I really wanted to do and just enjoy each day, they changed my life. I was right. happy. Right, I right, was right, healthy. Right. Yeah, I yeah. had a different mindset. I was yeah. clear. And I stopped living my life, as I would say, below the line, mm-hmm. which is what I was living kind of yeah. midway through college. And right. and as you said earlier, I felt like I had to share. Yeah, exactly. I right. had yeah. to share what I was learning. And then I just, all of a sudden, I don't know, at the end of college, it's just kind of this hunger for knowledge mm-hmm. and learning. And I got into books mm-hmm. and audio books and started learning things. And that just absolutely changed me. And it's the, the more educated I got and the more I started to transition as a person myself, um, I just felt like I had to share. So that's where the health and nutrition stuff right, comes in. Right. And, and the science behind all of it is so interesting to me that yeah, I can yeah, just yeah. sit and listen and learn. Right. Um, that's kind of where the health and this platform is going right, to go. Right. And yeah, yeah. hopefully I can continue to speak to people like you. Yeah. And then as we develop some top doctors and top mm-hmm. personalities that like can that. just teach me, but also teach entire audience on how, you know, the, the different practices on how to live, you know, mm-hmm. your best, healthiest, happiest, right, right. Exactly. and yeah, fit yeah. life. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely with that way, with this platform, which is just a huge passion for me. But then also with golf, I uh, after college, me and my buddy, Sam Warner, you know, yeah, yeah, Sam Warner, yeah, 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we played golf every day that summer. And it was, I had one semester left after my senior year, like you, I had a little mm-hmm. bit extra school to do. And that summer, I worked at a golf course out in Eden Prairie, and we played golf every day. And mm-hmm. I fell in love with the game, man. Mm. It, the I, I love sports. I love right. playing. Right. And that game, everything about it was just so much better than any sport I'd ever played. So we played all summer and going back to school, I was going to do entrepreneurship. And I just decided at that point, I'm going all in on golf. So went to the PGA program, started emailing some courses, emailed like 50 courses, heard back from three, connected with a guy, started it. And, you know, we took off and I've loved it ever since. It's just, it's just more about doing stuff that you love every day. Right, right, right. Every day I go in my Nike gear, I get to go to the golf course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that, man. Yeah, my (laughs) boss is one of my best friends. So just hang out with him and then you know just provide a happy environment to membership and then yeah. get to go play golf so mm. just kind of enjoying each day and pursuing pursuing yeah. a career that way so that's man your, your passion and your joy like just exudes you know what i'm saying we're sitting here talking i can just feel it and what y'all don't know about austin he's lit he's leaving minnesota in five days to move down to to florida until uh the winter is done 
So that's that's a true blessing, bro. Like to really pursue to pursue what you're doing. Yeah, I'm really lucky to be a snowbird. I <laughs> can't do the call, man. Right. But uh, I really appreciate it, Rashad. And we do got to wrap it up. I so let's it, get man. back to your let's get back to your dream. But man, yeah. I, I really appreciate having you on, bud. And Thank you. Your energy, like you said, I can feel your passion, and it just lights me up. I mean, I'm so inspired <laughs> to go do whatever right now. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And I just want to tell you how grateful I am mm. for the, the impact that you're making in the community, the journey that you've decided to take, and just the overall person that you are, man. Mm. It's I'm really grateful to have people like you in the world and Thank you. to keep creating other people like that and shine that light. Mm. It's so important, and I appreciate I, it. I appreciate that, man. Appreci- Likewise, continue to do what you're doing. You change on lives and you're inspiring people to live healthy. And that's most that's the most important thing. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, we got two more questions for Rashad before he gets out of here. Um, the first one is other than your friends and family, other than relationships, what's something right now that you're very grateful for in your life? Ooh. That's a good question. I have to think deep about that one. I took like a little two-minute pause. <laughs> But here's the thing. I, I'm so grateful to be able to be back in Minnesota. Minnesota. I went to the Gophers game yesterday. And to be able to have people come up to me and say how much I, I inspired them. And that's so humbling. And I'm so grateful for it to hear someone that's making $90,000 say that I inspired them and they don't want to work at their job anymore because they want to pursue what they want to do. And so wow. hearing stuff like that just makes me grateful. It makes me go to sleep and like, man. This is powerful, mm-hmm. you know. It's I'm grateful for that. That is powerful. <laughs> powerful, man. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right, bud. Finally, the last question last we got. Last question, man. The last question we got. If we went, if we were to fast forward, mm-hmm. let's say you know, 15, 20 years, whatever it is, and you got three little boys. Yeah. You got three boys, <laughs> right, right? And they are, uh, let's say, thirteen years old. They're yeah. They're just growing up. They're starting mm-hmm. to get into high school, but they, they don't you really know anything about the world. Mm-hmm. And you have three things or a few things to tell them and guide them. Yeah. Um, what three things do you believe to be true that are going to li- help them live a happy, healthy, and uh, right. fulfilled life? I would definitely, definitely have to say, you know, be devoted to God. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to show you which path to go. I would have to say Travel. Like get out. The world is your classroom. There, there, there are going to be some things that your teacher can't teach you, but the world can. Mm-hmm. So I want to travel with my sons and allow them to see this world, teach them life lessons through that. And then also, I would have to say is live boldly. You know, my mom always says, "Be you boldly." And so, whatever you do, do it boldly and do it courageously. So follow God, yep. travel the world, yep. and live boldly. Live Be boldly, you. Right. <laughs> All right, Rashad Cohen, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. Versace on a plane, Gucci on my slides. I know you're in love. I can see it in your eyes. Don't be acting cradle. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, go follow Rashad. He hangs out on Instagram. It's at Rashad Cohen, and he's taking all my posts. You guys know where to find him. Go follow him. Go follow his journey. Thanks again, guys. Have an awesome day. Let's go get after it. Let's go. Yeah, but baby gon' hate me for trapping, no I had to do what I had to do Bad 
music She never seen it like that before, yeah Rockstar lifestyle, might not make it I'd rather be dead than live basic, yeah. Gucci on my slides I know you're in love, I can 